Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 53. Man, we are moving on up. We're coming for 100. We're going to do it. Um, man, I am so moved by the fact so many of you were talking about how this show has the Lord has really impacted you through this show. Uh, and you know, I, I hear that quite a few times and I do this weird thing where all of a sudden it just comes all out and it just like, I just started crying. I got home. It was like Sunday night. I just started crying before the Lord, just so much gratitude over what God is doing through this in your guys's lives. And that's payment enough. Like that's, that's what this is all about. That's what the Lord showed me when we, we tackled this as he wanted to encourage people in the faith. He wanted to uh, educate them on things that maybe uh, they're kind of experiencing for the first time. Um, you know, maybe you just started speaking in tongues, all that good stuff. Um, and so I'm just so moved by your guys' support. You guys are all amazing. Uh, thank you so much for the support. Uh, my guest today, I've been looking at for a while. We've been talking behind the scenes, trying to get this going. Uh, she is a creative evangelist. She's the founder of Crave. She's also the author of a book that we're going to talk all about. It's called The Raw Confessions of a Good Girl. Let's give it up for my guest today, Victoria Rich. Hi, guys. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. I'm so excited about everything that you guys are doing, mm. spreading the fire of Jesus. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And you do quite a bit of that yourself, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are? My name is Victoria Rich. I am 32. I live in the South. I'm in Kentucky, you guys. And um, I'm a pastor's daughter. My dad has an incredible church here in Kentucky. Uh, I did write this book, Good Girl, goodgirlthebook.com. Um, I founded Crave around eight years ago. It is a wild, creative evangelism movement. Um, for seven years, we threw wild rave-like parties all over the United States, Mexico, into Colombia. We're going to Africa in June this year. Wow. Um, but God is, he's really changing our ministry right now. And we're focusing on revival tours, the fire of God. Mm. Um, I actually had an experience with Jesus seven years ago, and he told me to have fun fishing. And during COVID, he told me to fish and fill. So it's like we're in a new season right now, fishing and filling. Um, so I love all things Jesus. I love all things Holy Ghost and fire and revival and seeing the lost come to him. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this book. Yeah. And you grew up in like straight Pentecostal, all that good stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I started speaking in tongues at the age of five, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And something that I love. So Let's, um, what well, I want to make sure to talk. I want to talk a little bit more about Crave if we've got time towards the end, but I kind of want to get right into this book. So what yeah. is this book? Why did you write it? Tell us, tell us all, all of it. Oh my goodness. Um, I can't believe that I wrote this book actually, because <laughs> it is so raw and yeah, real. Yeah. And naturally, I'm a pretty shy person. No one believes that, but I am. I'm kind of shy. Uh, but Jesus just really broke me out of my own box when I started writing this. 
I began writing, I think around the age of 23 or so. So it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I was dating a drug dealer at the time. Mm. Um, and no one really knew about it. It was a secret thing. I didn't know he was a drug dealer at first. <laughs> and I'm in church. I'm like the, the good girl. And yeah. this cool guy starts coming and we're hanging out. We start dating. And then that was like a slippery slope down this bad trail. And um, I, I got into some things, sexual things, habits started to be created. And he was introducing me to things. And uh, I mean, the devil just used him to wreck my world for quite a few years. Um, my own fault. But I began to start writing during this journey, just releasing all of my thoughts, trying to get away from him, trying to get away from that bad relationship. Mm -hmm. And while I'm in this relationship, I remember I was writing and I started thinking about my best friends, the other good girls, mm -hmm. the girls I've known my entire life. They've been in church with me my entire life. Um, and one of them in a horribly abusive, physically abusive relationship he was a drug addict lying to her. She wouldn't believe us. You know, we're trying to open her eyes. She couldn't see. My other best friend is involved with a really religious guy that just mm. kept her chained. Super controlling. So controlling. Yeah. So I'm just like, Lord, how did we get here? We should know better than this. What in the world is wrong with us? Mm -hmm. So I just began to write and I'm like, is this happening to other church girls, other good girls? Like what is wrong with us? Why are we falling for these relationships? So that is why I began to write. And as the Lord began to free me more and more and more, there are levels of freedom. Um, I just began to write over the years mm. and it wasn't released until I felt like I was truly free of all of these things that I've written. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Cause I, I'm, I'm a writer, you know, more on like the filmmaking side, but I've, t I've shared a lot about how sometimes there are things like I'll write and then there's a portion that I get to and the Lord's like, okay, I want you to stop because you need to learn some things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if that was your writing process was anything like that, where maybe there was layers of healing that needed to take, take place even as you were writing this thing. Oh, yeah. Were yeah. there times where you needed to take breaks as you were writing well, it? Yeah. There were years where I didn't write. Yeah. And then I would come back to it. And and I think the Holy Spirit was leading me as well. I didn't even know what I was creating at first. It was it was a diary at first. Mm -hmm. And then as the Lord really began to put this on my heart for young women and even young men, mm -hmm. um, I just began to write in different seasons. I would heal, I would write, I would heal, mm -hmm. I would write. Holy Spirit completely led me to freedom concerning this subject. Yeah. And you're totally speaking to people right now though. Even even just like we're, you know, five minutes in, six minutes into the interview, you're already there's already people who uh are opening up to things that maybe they've kind of helped, you know, kept closed off for a long time. They're like, whoa, oh whoa. Um so it's pretty real. It's pretty honest. Um obviously you read it uh, wrote it with females in mind, young women in mind specifically. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. you're kind of seeing it expand beyond just that demographic, right? Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, men are enjoying the book. 
It is obviously written to girls. You know, I think throughout the whole book, I address the girls yeah. and the women. Um, <laughs> I but, see them a good girl. Yeah. Like, you're like, good girls. <laughs> good girl gang. But really, we need men in this good girl gang. Like, we yeah. need yeah. them to uphold us and respect us and protect us and protect our purity. We need you men. Mm. We need you to encourage yeah. us. I'll talk yeah. about that later. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the men are enjoying it as well. Um, I thought that this would only reach teenagers and young adult women, but older women are enjoying this, middle-aged women, divorced, married. Um, Of course, most of the people reading it are single and are young women, but I'm really surprised that a lot of different kinds of people are hungry to talk about this. They want to be real about their sexual addictions, about their pornography issues. They want to be real about the infidelity or um, having sex before marriage. You know, it's really a taboo thing to talk about. It's embarrassing. And the devil wants to keep us in the dark. Yeah. He wants to. He wants us to think that we're the only ones. For so long, I thought I was the only one that was filthy. That it's is a so, lie. It's definitely the lie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a lie. Yeah. So I think people are very drawn to this because it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think, yeah, and I'm noticing too, even within the church, that that kind of climate is changing slightly where it's not like, oh, let's air out all our dirty laundry and you know not pursue righteousness. I'm seeing it actually shift to like, hey, let's air this out and mm-hmm. let's move towards righteousness. And oh, yeah. the thing I love about this is that you're making purity cool. Like you're making it like, hey, this is something you want. This is, mm-hmm. you know, if, if any of you guys, if any of you ladies out there or fathers have had a hard time having the talk with maybe you've got a young, a young daughter who's in her teens or maybe she's even, you know, in her early twenties. I don't know. This, this book is great. Like it really is. I just finished it last night. Um, I got lots of notes, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but it's, it's, I loved how raw and real it was. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's something that I know millennials, but even younger really crave authenticity. Um, and you really kind of rip the, uh, rip the facade off of, off of all this and say like, yes, I'm a, a preacher's daughter. Yes, I'm, you know, all these things, but even I struggle with these things and, and how honest it was. And you never, the thing I love is that, yes, it's very honest and real and it might make some people uncomfortable, you know, um, but, but it's, oh, you're always pointing back to Jesus and that pursuit of holiness and righteousness. And I think that's so important um, because you don't, but you don't sacrifice the relatability of like, oh, oh. She struggles with this too. Me too, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. My entire life, I was just looked at as the goody two-shoe. Mm-hmm. I actually was going to name it goody two-shoe, but good girl just sounded better. But yeah. I was made fun of like the little saint, don't say that around her. And mm-hmm. um, as I got older, um, people didn't know that I struggled with some of these things. I was terrified to tell anyone mm-hmm. because I was the good girl. Mm-hmm. She's perfect. She doesn't deal with anything. And the devil really messed with me and kept me in the dark for a while um, until I finally broke free and told my best friend, hey, I've been dealing with this. This is what happened to me. This is the abuse I went through. And and she wasn't shocked. Like she dealt with stuff, too. Guys, we all deal with something. We're humans. 
And it's so important that we bring it to the light, Mm -hmm. to the light. And we allow Jesus to free us and heal whatever it is that we're going through. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like it does, it does even pursuing righteousness costs something. And so Mm -hmm. I think before, before the show, I had told you that both my wife and I were virgins when we got married. And that's not to say it was a walk in the park. It, it was not, you know, no. uh, it absolutely was not. And there were a lot of boundaries that had to be, you know, put, you know, there were boundaries that were violated on both our sides, you know, um, it's, you know, um, but the, I, I think that it's important to address those things that it's, I think we're, we are getting to this point where it's becoming like when I was younger, we didn't talk about pornography. We didn't talk about, um, all these other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, don't do this. Okay. We're good. Okay. Bye. Just wait. You know, this is way too comfortable, uncomfortable for me. We're done. You know, just don't do it. Yeah, true uh, love waits. Yeah. True love waits, you know, but, um, really the thing that's great about this book is that it, because it's kind of part memoir, per- personal memoir, you know, mm-hmm. are you talking about your experiences and what you learned and what God showed you through those things? It's really going to give a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of women, especially young women, especially, uh, kind of a playbook in some ways, not that their Mm -hmm. life is going to look exactly the same, but the principles are the same. What you learned through those things are very much universal. And so, Mm -hmm. man, it's so good. It's great. Thank you so Um, much. Yeah. So everybody, if you're already like, well, I gotta, I gotta get the book now. There's Mm -hmm. a link in the description. So please, do you do the thing where you buy from your website, then you'll you'll handwrite a note? Do you still do that? Oh yeah, I handwrite a note to every single buyer. I pray over the book and I really ask the Holy Spirit, like, what do you want to say to this person? Yeah. yeah. So every book is signed and handwritten note, and uh, I pray over it. So yes, yeah, go get cool. the book. Yeah, buy it from her website. Link in the description. You know the drill, people. So um, when you started writing this book, was there? Did you feel like there was maybe a little bit of holding back at first because I mean, you just go fine, forget it, screw it. Let's just, let's just, let's just lay it all out there. And so was there maybe a little bit of like, Ooh, what are people going to think? Oh yeah. When talking about myself, I was that way. (laughs) Um, and, and I added, I did a, a video. Was it two years ago about my issues with pornography for a couple of years? And it was so hard for me to do. Um, but I'm telling you guys, as soon as you tell that best friend, your your parent, someone that you can trust, your mentor, um, it is like a thousand chains break off of you mm. and the addiction is broken. There is something supernatural that happens when you talk about it, mm-hmm. when you say, this is what's happening with me. You don't have to tell the public right away. You don't have to tell all of your followers, you know, your best friend, somebody you trust. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome as soon as you let it out of your mouth. It's out of the darkness and into the light. The blood of Jesus covers whatever that is. And he he um, just anoints it and breaks it off of you. I have experienced it. Um I actually kind of forgot what you asked. So when I first, okay, when I first started writing, um, I was it was actually way more crazier than it is now. Okay. <laughs> so I, I had censored a little bit. 
Yeah, I had to yeah. pull it back after yeah. it, was, it was finished. Lindsay, the, the girl that wrote the forward, the owner of In and Out, she's like, mm -hmm. I think you should take out, you know, maybe quite a bit of the stuff that may be a little bit too much for people. So I went, I took her advice and took out a bunch of stuff, but I, I just had to be real. I had to be raw. Mm -hmm. um, as a pastor's kid, uh, and what I went through in Bible college and in the in the large mega church, I think I talk about that in the book a little bit. Yeah, you do. Um, I was just so sick of the fakeness. I, I just had to be real. I had to talk about what I was really going through and what my friends were really going through. Mm -hmm. We are Jesus loving girls and we are going through it. Mm -hmm. And I had to be real about that. I couldn't pretend like I was just a perfect little girl anymore. I, I wanted freedom. Yeah. I wanted Jesus to do something real in me. I, I didn't want to hide anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you can only keep that up for so long. That like facade of, of you know, I'm, I'm perfect. And it's almost like you're like dodging. I don't know if you can do this, but I can, I'm very aware of like the religious spirit on some people and they, you know, it's almost like you, you kind of posture yourself in a way to kind of dodge the religious, the, the fire of the, the religious people operating from a religious spirit. And, um, it kind of results in kind of walking on eggshells a little bit, you know, and, um, I would imagine being a preacher's preacher's kid that you would feel that quite a bit. Um, I think yeah. people do people, uh, is it easy in a position like that for people to kind of project onto you their image of who you should be? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you are the one without fault. Mm -hmm. I can't say certain things around you. Mm -hmm. um, just making fun. I'm sure a lot of people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, just being made fun of, hearing girls talk. I remember when I was really young, just hearing my cousins talk about, you know, sexual things that they were already doing. You know, I'm like 13 years old. I'd never heard that word before. Um, and, and yeah, they just, they project it onto you. And then as you get older and you're being tempted, you're feeling things that are normal. Um, the devil will then try to attack you with condemnation and shame and make you think that you're filthy and dirty and you're the only one that deals with this. So it's kind of like a, a two-sided thing happening. The church is saying you're, you know, you're a perfect little goody two-shoe girl that doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the devil's like, you're having these thoughts and you're filthy, you know? Shame on you. Yeah. Exactly. He's always doing the boat, like both at the same time. Yeah. So, oh, he's so disgusting. Yeah. Okay. So, Say somebody's watching this and they're in a, uh, say they're even in a, a committed relationship mm -hmm. and they are not holding on to any measure of purity, especially if they were raised in the church. Why is it important, Tori? Like why, why, why should they care? Why should they care about their purity? Mm -hmm. It's a very broad question. Yeah, that's a huge, like, you yeah. can just go a thousand ways. With that's, that. the, that's the plan. We're going to go go with the flow. Yeah, you could go with science and what actually happens in your brain and in your body when sexual things are happening. Mm -hmm. um, for a female, it's even different than a male. We have this natural thing that God put in us to bond with someone for life. It happens when we have sex and it happens when we have a baby. 
So it just happens in us. So you're connecting yourself to that person before it's time. It's not time yet. God did not put these um, rules, if we want to call it that, in the Bible just to be rules. He put these suggestions and the, this way of life in the Bible be, to protect us, to protect our hearts, to protect our minds um, bef- before we destroy ourselves, really. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Um, it, it's just out of God's timing. And to, to someone that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, it's a really difficult thing to, to understand, honestly. Sure. Um, if I was just living in the world, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have a relationship with him. I wasn't intimate with the Lord. Um, and, and if I didn't know what real freedom and purity felt like, I don't know if I would even understand. So mm-hmm. to someone having sex before marriage, you know, you're doing it all the time. It's normal. It feels great. Uh, I would, I would just encourage you to personally ask the Holy Spirit what he thinks about this, what Jesus thinks about this, um, to get in your own Bible and let the Holy Spirit um, talk to you about those issues. That would be my advice. Um, But just personally, uh, the things that I did, you know, before time, um, before it was time. Oh, and by the way, I am a virgin. I am physically a virgin. Woohoo! I'm yeah. 32. I'm 32, y'all. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I, do it. Yeah. I am dating someone right now. And oh. Yes. And he is maybe more pure than me, it feels like. Oh, I feel like he is protecting me mm. in a way I've never been protected. And that is so important, ladies. Oh, yep. Get a guy that will protect your purity, encourage mm-hmm. your purity. And love it. Mm. It is a gift. It's yeah. cool. It is beautiful. Um, if I do marry this man, if that's what the Lord wants, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to give him this gift for helping me yep. wait. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the devil wants to steal that gift. Yeah. He wants to pervert that gift. He, he wants you addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. He wants to destroy your imagination, your creativity. Um, pervert your thoughts. Those thoughts will just pop up when you're trying to do work, when you're trying to pray. I mean, it, it is a really bad thing to get messed up in and get involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the same thing with sexual partners. It, it's just so messy. We're not supposed to have those feelings for all kinds of people. Right. We're not supposed to um, really become one. The Bible mm-hmm. says that when we have sex, we become one. It's not just a physical fact that's happening. It's a spiritual spiritual thing that's happening. Um, it tells us that in the word, that when mm-hmm. we have sex, we tie ourselves to another person yes. and we become one. That's right. And it's not supposed to happen outside of marriage, outside mm-hmm. of God's blessing. We want his blessing. We want mm-hmm. his approval we want our wedding night to be beautiful and grand and and even if you have had sex and you want to make a decision to you know walk on this this journey of purity start this journey of purity 
Jesus right now will cover you in his blood and forgive every mistake, every thought, everything you've looked at, every sexual partner that you've had forgiven in a moment, just Mm -hmm. like that. The blood of Jesus is fresh and new to cover you. And you can start this journey right now, just Mm -hmm. like me. I may physically be a virgin, but I messed up. There was things I needed freedom from. There were things I needed forgiveness for, just like you. So um, I just want to encourage you to start the journey. Try it out. And girls, I'm telling you, I write about this in the book. If you're having sex, if you're giving the man everything um, that a wife should be giving him, it's going to be more difficult to get that ring because you were already acting like a wife. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you're already sleeping with him every night. You're cooking breakfast for him, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then you have sex every night or you do something every night. I don't know how Mm. that goes. Married, yeah. but yeah, there's no incentive for him. It, it takes away the gift of yeah. marriage and what God intends. Yeah, we've we've all seen people who've been like permanently engaged, like f- five year, eight year engagements, ten year engagements, and there's no there's no incentive. I mean, it's like there's and not that it's like you're dangling a carrot in front of them, but I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, you know, about like you can't don't lay it out on the table, you know, like if you yeah. do, yeah, it is going to be a lot harder to get that ring. And I'm sure there are some women that are going, yeah, like that's <laughs> I'm in that right now, you know? Uh, yeah. So this is a question from my producer illumination. And I thought we thought it was a really good question. Um, it, uh, it is, how would you advise young women who have repented of not living in purity in the past, but still struggle with shame over their actions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Romans 8 1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As soon as you give your life to Jesus, condemnation and shame has to go. Mm-hmm. We are all on the same playing field here. Jesus also said, if you say you are without sin, you're a liar. You know, like we're, we all have sin. We all have fault. The enemy wants wants to lie to us and tell us we're the only one. Jesus said there is now no condemnation for you that are in me, that are in Jesus. Um, the devil cannot mess with your thoughts anymore. Shame is from hell. Condemnation is from hell. It's something that you can get deliverance from. I have been delivered of that. God has completely set me free concerning that. So if the enemy is coming at you with all of these lies, Mm. like you are so filthy, you are so jacked up, you are so perverted. I've had all of these thoughts. It's just lies from hell. And the blood of Jesus covers us and sets us free. That's why it's so important to talk about those things to your friends, to your parents or your brother, your sister, Um, Because the enemy can't mess with you anymore. Once you're real about something, you see that there are other people that are dealing with things. You're not the only one. Yeah. And I think, you know, no one is a stranger to this feeling, but sin has this way of making you want to like conceal it and hide it. No, Mm -hmm. you know, like you had said, no one else is struggling with these things. And I even had those thoughts too. You know, no one is struggling with these things. No one is struggling with lust or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. But the truth is they are. But man, when you bring stuff out in the light 
and you confess it, like first John says, confess your sins and he's mm-hmm. just to forgive you. Like that's like, if I, whenever I would read that and I was in a sinful, like I had committed a sin and was unrepentant or I hadn't repented of it. And I read that it was just like, no, no, you know, like I don't want to, I don't want the world to see. I don't want, you know, um, but man, when you do, it's like, why did I wait so long? Yeah. Is, you know, the, the freedom that comes from it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the forgiveness of Jesus, it's just, you, you can't, you, there's no comparison. Um, so, yeah. uh, the thing that I loved that you talked about in the book, and I get, definitely gave a fist pump to this one is you talked about the value of essentially checking yourself. Um, and you said in your quote, you said a quote, marriage is not the answer. If you are empty, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people out there that are like, Oh, if I could just get married, then I would be complete. Now, why is that wrong? It's so wrong because if you think that you will feel complete when someone else is added, it's such a lie. You're not going to be complete when someone else is added. If you feel empty right now, you will still be empty. Um, I I love that God gives us a good picture of um, an example of when we're ready. You know, Adam after God created Adam, he gave him all these instructions to name the animals. And, you know, he, he got that done. And then God saw that it wasn't enough, that there needed to be someone added to the equation, that he needed a helpmate. And I love that God put Adam to sleep. And then he took from him and he created the woman, his helpmate, his spouse, his love. Um, I think that that is such a good example of what God wants to do for us. He has a purpose for each one of our lives. He has instruction. He has destiny. He has these grand things that he wants to do in and through us. And I think we should just be chilling out, doing those things that God has uh, given us to do or commanded us to do and completely just be running after him with everything that we have. And while we're doing that, while we are just absolutely complete in Jesus and in our purpose and call, then someone else can be added to the mix. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'm personally experiencing it right now as well. Um, For so many years, I was just desperate, like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to find a man. I'm never going to be married. 25. I need to get I need to. (laughs) Like, what is going on? What's wrong with me? You know, and. Honestly, like a couple of years ago, I just surrendered and Mm. surrender is key. Yes, it is. I surrendered to whatever God wanted. Mm. If it meant that I was going to be single for the rest of my life and I adopted children or if if I was just going to run after Jesus with everything I had every day for the rest of my life. Guys, we only have. 80 plus years on this earth, if we're lucky, mm-hmm. stop being distracted with what you don't have. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. has given you exactly what you need right now. He is big enough. <laughs> he mm-hmm. is God. Okay. Trust him. Chill out. Surrender. Enjoy the moment you're in. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I hate, oh my gosh, it drives me crazy when I see single people, you know, they're obsessed with marriage, obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. They get married and then they're obsessed with having children and then they have children and they feel like their lives have been stolen from them. It's right. like the devil just keeps us in this cycle thinking that we're in lack mm-hmm. and God is just trying to get our attention saying, I've given you everything that you need. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved that you talked about that a lot in the book, specifically about like going after multiple guys. I think you referenced a couple of friends that they always went out, you know, after the same type of, of guy, or it was you, maybe, you know, your kryptonite was the bad boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and being more mindful of your time, like think of all the times that you I think you even said something like, think of all the time, time you could have been doing stuff for the Lord. But instead you were so hung up on the same person. You found yourself in this cycle of just destruction over and over and over. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, uh, that's huge. Um, Yeah. The Bible tells us to redeem our time because the days are evil. Like I said, we only have this short amount of time and the devil wants to steal every moment he possibly can. If, if he can't get you addicted to drugs, suicidal, Um, alcohol, all these things that he presents to us in this world, partying. If he can't distract you with all of these things, he will bring a bad boy, a bad girl. He will bring a relationship into your life. And that's what he did to me. For many years, I allowed the enemy to distract me. And I can't imagine the things I could have accomplished earlier on in my life if I wouldn't have been weak in this area or if I I wouldn't have needed that validation or um, that attention. You know, guys, we're, we're so insecure sometimes. And, and we think that we need that to fill our lives or to give us some sort of security. Or I don't even know why we do the things that we do. But, yeah. oh, my gosh, it's crazy the yeah. amount of time we will give to people that don't deserve it. Right. If we do not know who we are as women, as men, if we don't know who we are in Jesus, our true identity, we will allow every dog to just continue to, you know, mess all over our dreams, mess all all over our lives and our purpose. We have to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I may not have the confidence that I should have. I may not have the purity that I should have, the righteousness, all these things that you said that I should have. God, I may be totally empty, but please, please show me who I am in you so that I can grow all of these things and let go of all of these people that are stealing time. Yeah. Amen. Well, in your book, you state, no matter how many boys I would try to make it work with, I always go back to wanting a guy who loved God the way that I did. Why is this important? I think it's really good. Why is this important? Oh my gosh. If, if you are in love with Jesus and um, you love Jesus, like I did, you know, from a child, um, it is so important that you don't allow anyone to be added to your life that doesn't share that love for him, that passion for him, uh, because it can it can ruin your life. Mm-hmm. If you tie some tie yourself to someone that is not running after Jesus, it can completely derail you. 
I've seen it happen to friends. They're just running after Jesus with everything they have and enters a girl or enters a guy and mm -hmm. they're, they're not seen anymore. They don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah. They start taking on the beliefs of somebody else. And, and then if you're having sex, it, it adds a whole other element to the mix. It messes with your head and your emotions and your body can't handle it. Your mind can't handle it. That's why we shouldn't go there yeah. outside of marriage. We should not go there. We can't handle it. We just can't. Um, but yeah, I think that the Lord really protected me. And I always knew that I could never go too far. I just, I couldn't. I loved Jesus too much. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't go too far. Um, I always had to end things because that person just didn't love him like I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I mean, ultimately when it comes down to it, you know, maybe you dated guys that weren't as sold out to the Lord. And, and, and honestly, it's like, as a guy, I can say it's not enough uh, to, to see a guy because I know how guys are. Um, it's not enough to see a guy. Oh, he's going to church. Oh, he's, he's, he's check. He's good. No, he's not. Okay. People, no. he's not like, don't, not do not assume if a guy is at church that he's completely vetted and he's good to go. He is not. Um, and I, that's why I think it's so important. And you talk a lot about that in the book of just really going back to your first love, focusing on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you even talk about the importance of experiencing the love of Jesus and that that when you, I think you, you say something like when you experience love from Jesus, you don't, you don't want, you, you want to do those things even less. You want to go after the, you know, yeah. the losers even that. less, you know? Yeah. When you experience the real love of Jesus, the depth of that love, there's nothing like it. Wow. Nothing. When you experience that love, you can't just allow somebody into your life that's going to tear you down, control you, mm -hmm. cheat on you, pressure you to be filthy and dirty and perverted. There is no way you're going to crave that real love that you experienced and you're, you're just going to be like, Oh no. Like, right. Yeah. I've been loved by Jesus. There yeah. is no way I'm going to let you. And that's when a holy confidence will rise up in us. Mm -hmm. He does it all. Jesus does it all. I know I keep going back to Jesus, but he really is the answer. He's mm -hmm. the answer. When we're running after him, when we're allowing him to change us, free us, heal us, when we're just falling more in love with him, he deals with all the rest. He draws us closer to him. If you're thinking, right, actually, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you know, well, how do I even get close to Jesus? How, how do I even fall in love with him? Just tell him you want it. He'll do the rest. Yeah. He's the one that draws us. He's the one that pours out the hunger. He's, he does it all. He's not good because we're good. He's just good. Mm -hmm. And the moment that we go knocking, the moment that we seek, Lord, I just want to seek you. I don't even really know what that means. I don't know how to do it. I wasn't raised in church. I'm not churchy, but Jesus, I just want you like she's talking about. Mm -hmm. The moment that you do that, he will pour himself out for you and to you. Mm -hmm. And he'll begin to show you what real love is. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Amen. Amen.
help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. So this process of, I mean, obviously you're dating somebody right now uh, and we we pray for the best, you know, that's, yeah. that's what we want. Um, so it was a couple of years for you of just focusing on the Lord and doing oh, things, being about your, being about the Lord's business. Yeah. Um, and so how old did you say you were when that, when that process started for you, where you were like, I'm just going to let go. I think I began to get free of the bad boys. Um, maybe five years ago, six years ago. And then I received deliverance even from the one guy I felt like I could not, could not get away from. I didn't want him anymore. I want to be clear. I did not want him. But it was like my thoughts or my feelings, and you cannot trust your feelings. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that our heart is deceitful. You cannot trust your feelings. Feelings are not facts. Feelings are not a word mm-hmm. from God. Feelings are great. God gives us mm-hmm. feelings. Yep. But they're not a word of God, and they're not fact. Yeah. Um, always. But anyways, it was like I was just being tormented. He wouldn't go away. He wouldn't leave me alone. Um, when I was ministering in certain cities, he would show up. I mean, it was it was horrible. And I literally got delivered wow. from even thinking or feeling or being tormented that I wouldn't feel that way again, feel that love, that fake. It was fake love. It was lust. Um, but I think two summers ago, um, I was in my friend's apartment. And uh, we were praying for her because she was going through a horrible divorce, went through some horrible abuse. And we were actually just praying for her, praying that she would receive deliverance. And we were rebuking the devil and all the words that were spoken over her. And all of a sudden, Jesus came into that room. He walked Mm -hmm. into that room and he began to deliver me. I didn't expect it. That's awesome. I love it. I didn't even know I needed deliverance. I didn't even know you could get delivered like from the bad boys. Like yeah. I didn't know thing. or delivered from uh, past feelings for someone. I didn't even know this was a thing, but I felt it. It was like Jesus took his sword and he cut that thing from my heart, from my mind, even going back memories. Everything was just cut and he set me free mm-hmm. and he can do the same thing for you guys. Amen. But um, after he did that, and remember, it all goes back to him. He led me to that deliverance. So we can talk about all these steps. I have so many steps in here. Mm-hmm. This is my advice. These are my thoughts. But it all goes back to Jesus. He does it all. He led me to this moment of deliverance. And then I could see with his eyes. And I could see the kind of man that deserved my heart, deserved my attention. And I even began to become attracted to the right kind of guy. So I talk a lot of, a lot about here being attracted to the bad boy. That was like my weakness. And there are many different reasons why I talk about that as well. I think a lot of girls are this way, especially good girls. We're attracted to the bad boys. So that's a very demonic fairy tale, guys, that mm. you throw in the trash. Like, yeah, throw it in the trash. Stop speaking that over yourself. Stop. Stop doing that. Mm. Um, But the Lord delivered me and I began to let this man pursue me. Um, 
that was so kind and so pure. And I literally, the Lord just opened my eyes to him and he began to hook us up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, I mean, that's honestly, that's kind of what the way my wife and I met too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we both had kind of, because we were both in missions and we both were in different places. I remember I was, I remember exactly where I was. I was in India in the back of a rickshaw. And I just mm-hmm. said to God, I was like, I, just, I let go. I was like, I, I'm, I, I'm done with the anxiety of, is, is that my future wife? Is that my future wife? Oh, is this going to mm-hmm. be, you know? And then it's just like, just doesn't try yeah. to make things work because you're like, well, we're both in missions and we're both. In, um, and then I remember I met my wife and, and he was like, what about Lauren? And I was like, no, Lord <laughs> <laughs> committed to you. And he was just this like very playful poke and prod with me. What about Lauren? You know, my wife's name is Lauren. And, and, um, uh, and then it just, it was like this intense, just pursuit of her, like mm-hmm. pursuing her. She would try and I, I laughed. Cause I read this to my wife in your book, you were talking about a guy who you were at church and you were like, Ooh, la la. And you saw him. And then, uh, and you're like, I do whatever, what I always do when a guy, um, when I, when I like a guy, I ignore him. And I read that to my wife and she laughed because she would like hide in her group of friends and I would just walk right into her group of friends. And, like, <laughs> yeah. just be very direct. I'm like, I'm going to take you out to dinner. We're going to go out to dinner and I'm going to do all these things, you know? And, uh, so I think it's, um, dudes, don't be lazy. Don't be, don't lazy. be lazy. You gotta, pursue you gotta pursue. Her. And, and then when you're married, you gotta keep pursuing her. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to have dry spells. It's okay. I've been married for 11 years. But you always have forward momentum, dudes. You got to keep pursuing them. Don't give up. It's godly. Pursue her. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, because I went to, one time we went, uh, this is a couple of years ago, we went to a a movie and I always open the door for my wife, uh, car door for my wife. Even if we're fighting, I open the door for her. And so, um, and guess oh. what, guys? You can get in arguments with your best friend. My wife is my best friend. You know, it happens. We're human. Um, but I remember I opened the door for her, and there's this married couple walking by. They're kind of like, ha, ha, ha. They're like, we're married. You know, like saying, like, we don't do that anymore. And I go, so are we. And then I get in the car, and, <laughs> and then they start laughing, you know. So you always got to be pursuing. And it goes both ways, too. Really, it does, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, but I think there's a lot, a lot of the responsibility is on the dude. Okay. You gotta, yes. you gotta make him feel special. And, um, yeah, so I, I, well, I'm happy for you, Tori. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, very exciting. So one thing that I wanted to point out, sorry, I'm talking a lot. I just get really passionate about this. Mm-hmm. One of the things, and maybe you've heard this too. Um, when I was getting married before I was married, people couldn't believe that we were virgins. And I was like, yeah, why? I mean, why not? I mean, the Lord says, be holy as the Lord, your God is holy. Uh, I'm going to do it. Uh, and, um, and so they were like, well, you know, you, but you like, you've never been with anybody else. I'm like, no. And neither is my wife, obviously. And, uh, and they're like, but how do you know that they're good in bed? And I was like, I laughed. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, if you've never been intimate with somebody, you don't know any different. You mm. just don't. And that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought it was, I, um, yeah. So that's something I'm not, I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say that to you before. As oh, well. yeah. 
Of course. Yeah. Of course. I think that's a very normal thing for culture to really push on us. Like right. you got to try it out. Right. It's, it really all goes back to fear. Like the devil just mm-hmm. wants to feel our minds with fear. Um, we can't let him fill us with fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a virgin as well. Um, 32 years old. It has been a struggle. <laughs> it hasn't been easy. Mm-hmm. Um, men have pressured me to no end, but I, I will say that when I tell them, you know, I am a virgin, I'm waiting for marriage. I get a good response more than a bad response. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that men respect that. I think mm-hmm. they like it. They dig it. Like mm-hmm. it's a good thing. They're glad that, you know, you haven't slept around or um, so girls I and guys, I would encourage you to, to even start now. If, if you've already had sex, start now. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. It's, it's like a, it, it, if you're a virgin and you're my age, like in the world, they're like, what in the world is wrong? <laughs> you're a freak. You're a total yeah. freak of nature. Yeah. And I mean, even in the church too. Really? I, Man, that's so real. They're just like, Really? Like, wow. Um, yeah. 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 Well, you know, God bless you for it. That's what I say. Way <laughs> yeah. to go. Oh, you know what though? You know what's helped me? Just just thinking that if this is the one thing I can give to Jesus in this life, this one little thing, if this is my sacrifice, then Lord, just let me please offer this to you. Mm-hmm. And that may help you. If you're trying to overcome, and I'm not talking to you, Jeff, I'm talking to you viewers. If you're trying to overcome, you know, pornography or um, having sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend Mm -hmm. outside of marriage or, or other stuff, there's other stuff you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just think about giving, laying that at Jesus's feet, thinking about everything that he's done for you, the sacrifice that he made for you. And then think about putting this thing in front of him and giving it to him. And if this is the only thing that you can give him in this life, then by all means, try your best to give it to him. Mm. I'm telling you guys, I have never been more pure in my life. And I have a boyfriend. Mm. I have never felt more pure. I'm, I'm hearing God's voice. Like I've never heard the more pure that you become holy. And that doesn't mean you're like in your closet all day singing hymns. I you just can, like, you can, you, if you want to do can. that. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted, like you can, yeah. like if you're able to do that, cool. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's just crucifying more and more and more flesh, mm-hmm. more perversion, more lust. Mm-hmm. The more I can give to Jesus, the more miracles I'm seeing, the more freedom and joy I feel, it's honestly, it's blowing my mind. When I wrote this, uh, I was free, but I'm, I'm at a whole other level of freedom. I can't even believe I'm here. So just keep at it. Keep giving Jesus everything you can possibly give him. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's that in itself is an act of worship to the Lord. And I think worship costs us something like it's, mm-hmm. it's not just like, la 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 you know uh, singing obviously i think you sing right you mentioned that in the book right so yeah. obviously you're well versed in in that arena you know but worship does cost something and sacrifice uh, yeah and so 
Um, you know, I, I completely agree with what Tori just said. If you aren't, if you are sleeping with your girlfriend or boyfriend right now and deep down, I mean, deep down, we know, like, especially if you, if you, if you know the word, if you hear the Holy spirit, like, you know, you, you know. and <laughs> so I think now's the time it's not, well, I'm already here. I might as well stop. No, you can start, you can start walking in purity. Yeah. Like scripture says he moves our sins as far as the East is from the West. And that's mm-hmm. like an amazing thing. So, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's what's up. It's never so. too late. Never, never, never. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, okay. There's just so much more. I, want. I have like a million questions here and I only went through like five. Um, so, um, but talk a little bit about the crave, uh, the crave movement. Like what, how did that come about? You do raves for like young people and you full on preach the gospel to them and all that. Like, how did that come about? That's pretty, that's pretty wild and crazy. Yeah. Um, around eight years ago, I just completed Bible college and I was leading worship in a massive church um, in Illinois. And I saw some bad stuff at the church. Uh, we're all human. I hold no judgment. Um, I have completely forgiven, you know, what happened to me. But I was going through some really difficult stuff having to do with church and some things that I saw behind the scenes. And uh, my innocence was really wrecked and messed with. Um, and as a young girl who just was going to Bible college to pursue ministry, this was really depressing for me. I felt like uh, I, I just didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I had to quit the job or uh, quit the church. I had to return home to my tiny little town here in Kentucky, my dad's small church. They offered me this huge job um, to lead worship, to take over the worship. It was incredible. I had to turn it all down because of these things that I was seeing and experiencing. And I knew I just had to get back home. I was drowning. Um, my spirit was drowning. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm back home. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I thought I was going to start a career in ministry. And here I am back in my parents' house. Uh, and during this time, one of my close friends died of a drug overdose, Man. which completely wrecked me. I cried for weeks, which is really odd for me. And for some reason, I could not shake uh, the feeling um, and the torment about his death and, and why he died. So this is all happening. And um, during this time, I had an experience with Jesus in the night. Um, it was a dream, but it was unlike any other dream that I have ever had in my life to this day. I have never had an experience like this in my life. And um I love to say this, but that night I even had some lustful thoughts before I fell asleep. I didn't pray. I usually pray every time before I fall asleep. I didn't this night. I was just in a really dark place, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And uh, that night, Jesus visited me. And um, do I have time to go through that experience or no? You have as much time as you want, Tori. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because this, I mean, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, please. In this dream experience, um, I'm sitting at like a a makeup center, like a vanity. And it's dark outside. I'm putting on my makeup and I'm just looking out over uh, this field that's my yard. And I see this religious statue of Jesus. You know, the one 
Um, he's kneeling and he's looking up to the moon. He's got the hair and the robe. Mm-hmm. It was that statue. Yeah. And the moon was shining on him, just right on him, lighting him up. And as he was lit, he began to come to life. Mm. And color uh, came to his skin. His hair frizzed up. And his robe began to flow. And he stood up and he began to walk towards me. Mm. And I have never felt that kind of holy fear in my life. It was so um, trembling. It was so intense. Mm -hmm. I even thought in my mind, is this really Jesus? Like, I thought I was only supposed to feel like angel butterfly. (laughs) He's the lamb soft. I felt such an intense fear, like holy holy fear i was like (gasps) like it took my breath away i couldn't believe that jesus was walking towards me i've heard of jesus my entire life my dad's a preacher but jesus is actually real i'm having all of these thoughts totally shook Hmm. he walks up to the window i'm standing up um looking at him on the other side of the window and um i remember just mouthing i miss you you know, because I was going through all of that dark stuff. I was at this time addicted to pornography. A leader in the church encouraged me to watch pornography because I was a virgin. Unreal. Um, it was unreal. unreal. I was 19 years old. Um, and yeah. he told me I needed to experience things. I needed to know what I was doing. Also, way inappropriate, too. Let's just address that. Way inappropriate. Horrible. Yeah. Um, so the devil really got in there, jacked me up, yeah, big and time. Just, just tormented me. So Jesus had to come and rescue me. Mm. Um, so I mouthed to him, I miss you. And um, he just took his finger and he drew a little pink glittery heart on the window. And that was like him easing my heart. I love pink. I love glitter. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is the Jesus that I know. Okay, okay, I love, I love this man, and he loves me. And poof, he was in my bedroom, and um, he's looking around at my things, and I remember um, just being in his presence, like perfected my mind and my heart. It was like all of a sudden, I could see clearly that nothing mattered but this man. Nothing mattered but this man, Jesus, my clothes, my makeup, how I look. I was so ashamed that I had ever cared about anything but this man. And he didn't have to use words to correct me. He didn't, he didn't even speak. He hadn't spoken yet. He was perfecting me by his presence. Just being in his presence mm. was absolutely changing how I thought, how I was, how I existed. Um, so then he goes over to my clothes and he begins to fold them. It was like he was putting me at ease that I had these things. It was like he had to perfect my thinking. And then he's like, but it's okay. You have these things. I mean, I don't know if that's really what he was trying to communicate, but that's how it felt. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he goes over to my shoes. I love shoes. And he looks at me and these are the only three words that he said out of his mouth. He said, have fun fishing. And when he said that, it was like his heart was ripped out and just slammed into mine. And I felt um, a piece of what he feels for the lost, Mm. for his children that don't know him. And prior to this experience, I only cared about me. I only cared about being a singer, 
and um, becoming something. And when he said those three words, I saw what life is really about. Wow. I saw my purpose and I saw what I had to run after. I had to drop everything and run after his children. Mm. And um, this is the story's almost over. So no, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, I knew in my mind that that's all he had to say and he had to go. And so I tell him, please stay. My dad has to meet you. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> Like, my dad has to meet you. <laughs> like, he was a celebrity. So yeah. I run out of my room. I'm still in this dream. And I go and grab my dad. And we come into my room. And everything was alive. My sheets were dancing. My clothes were dancing. My curtains were al- Everything was alive in my room. And come on. We, look, we look outside, out the windows over this field. And fireworks, the trees were burning. There was no smoke, though. The angels, little baby angels, big angels, choirs of angels, the soldiers. Uh, it was like heaven just landed in my backyard in celebration that Jesus had just been there. Um, and I woke up, like, just like shocked. Like, <gasps> I woke up. And I'm uncontrollably speaking in tongues. I could not control it. It was flowing out of me. I couldn't speak English. I was weeping. And I remember running up to my parents and saying, Jesus was here. You know, I'm just screaming. It's in the middle of the night. It's like four in the morning. (laughs) And I'm screaming that he was here, you know. And that was the beginning of us uh, starting Crave, running after the lost, having fun fishing, Mm -hmm. Um, casting the net, catching the fish. And uh, remember I said my, my, uh, one of my close friends died of a drug overdose. So when we first started Crave, we were really going after people like him and um, his story just wrecked us so much. So we just were like, you know what, what do we do uh, to reach the lost and to fish like Jesus told us to. And my brother had the idea. He's like, let's just throw the biggest party our town has ever seen. And then let's preach the gospel. Uh, and I'm from a town of 5,000 people. It's tiny. Yeah, itty bitty. Wow. And we threw our first party and 500 teen- teenagers showed up. And I think, I mean, it was like all of them that gave their life to Jesus, raised their hand. And I wanted to follow him. And we just wanted to change our community. Uh, but from that party, Jesus just began to open doors all over the United States, um, California and Texas and uh, Illinois, Chicago, uh, Mexico. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Colombia. We're going to Africa in June. And um, during COVID, everything had to stop and the earth shifted. I think we all felt this shift. Mm-hmm. And um, we began to hear the Lord say, you know, you've been fishing. Now I want to pour out my fire and I want to fill my children. Come on. So it's like he's just added another level of what he's doing for his kids. And so that's what we're believing for in Africa, just an outpouring of his fire and revival. But yeah, that's Crave. Uh, Amazing. And that's my Jesus experience as well. And that's how it Dude, all. That is so cool. That's. Yeah. Even though you were saying how everything was alive, mm-hmm. I've had like a vision of the Lord too. And it was very kind of a similar experience too. Um, 
And that, that was like the big takeaway for me is I, I just like the final thing I said before it was done, I said, everything is alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can't help but be alive when it's in God's presence. And that's a testament to even us as people. That's why it's so important to pursue his presence. Because once you get a taste of that, like you don't, you don't want to go, you don't want to be old Jeff, old Tori. You want to be whatever this new thing is that, that came in contact with his presence in such a powerful way. Yeah. So, and you are in the embodiment of that and that you, you chronicle that in your book and even anybody who follows you on social media, which I encourage you guys to, uh, uh, cause you're an absolute like spitfire when you talk about, when you start preaching, um, <laughs> You know, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, everybody. There's nothing like the fire of God. There's nothing mm-hmm. like the Holy Ghost. Nothing. Yeah. Like deliverance and freedom. Seeing people set free from demons is the coolest thing ever. It's not scary. It's not weird even. The power of God is an adventure. Mm-hmm. And dating and sex before marriage, all these things that we deal with, when we begin to experience the fire of God and the adventure that God really has for us, all that stuff, it, it doesn't tempt us anymore. Small Not really. potatoes, man. Small potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's see. I mean, cause honestly, we we've got a little time so long as you, I, I don't want to keep you, but what kind of stuff have you seen at these crave events? Cause you've done quite a few now. Yeah. Yeah. We've done a lot. Um, I think one of the coolest, craziest things, um, well, there's a lot, but one of them was in San Diego and our crowds are like 90% unsaved, unchurched. The volunteers are the only ones that follow Jesus and um, know the Lord. So the crowds are wild. And if you have any religious spirit at all, like Crave will really bother you because you know, they'll, they'll curse maybe when you're preaching. So um, I was preaching in San Diego at a crave and I'm just preaching fire, like the gospel and what Jesus did for us, dying for us, shedding his blood and the resurrection. And a girl screams, F yeah, I want that. I want it. I love it. Yes. So she was serious. She was desperate. And I was so shocked um, when they said, you know, the sinner's prayer and gave their life to Jesus and asked for forgiveness, repented of their sin. Um, And then sometimes I'll say, do you want more? Do you want the Holy Spirit? They were so hungry. And maybe they thought I like if I touched them, something would happen. I don't know. But they were they were just like reaching for me, like, please give me something. I, I, I want what you have. I thirst after it. Um, it always shocks me how hungry they are. Mm. And you think, you know, they're so bad. They have no idea what you're going to be talking about. Are they going to be mad? Because I'm getting ready to preach. It's never been the case. They're always so hungry, so open to the Holy Spirit, to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's really cool. Mm, come on. Mm-hmm. Man, so cool, Tori. Like, that's yeah. amazing. I love it. God is amazing. He is. He'll use anything, you know, so. He will. Um, we got to yeah. let him out of, out of the box. Yeah. Amen. So, okay. Well, Tori, can you pray for the people um, 
we see a lot of really cool things happen, really cool testimonies from our guests praying for people. Uh, but one of the things that I wanted to make note of is specifically my my producer wrote me and she said, if you feel led, ask her to pray and release over the viewers to be free from past relationships. You talked mm -hmm. about being delivered from from that, and that was yeah. a big thing for you. So feel you know, I, pray for anything else you feel led, but that was one of the things that I think would be a good thing to pray for people. Yes. Oh, Jesus, I thank you so much for every single person. God, I thank you that you know exactly where they are. You're not shocked. You're not disappointed. You're not surprised, Lord. Lord, I ask that your love would invade them right where they are, in their bedroom, in their living room, in their car. Maybe they're taking a break at work. Jesus, wherever they are, I ask that your love would right now invade their life and they would feel you and your love in such a way like they have never felt. God, I ask that you would start to give them experiences with your Holy Spirit and your fire. God, I ask that you would deliver them from past hurt, from past relationships, from past bad girls or bad boys. God, I ask that you sever every tie. You sever every soul tie, God. You mend every broken heart, Lord. Deliver us, God. Continue to deliver us, Lord. When we think we're fine and dandy, God, keep delivering us. Keep delivering us, Lord. God, I pray for every person that feels like it's too late. Lord, I ask that right now hope would begin to arise in them, that they would see that it's not too late, that your blood will cover them right now. God, I thank you that you are bringing the right relationships into their life to encourage them, to lift them up. God, I thank you, Lord, that you have a great plan and a great purpose. Lord, I send your fire. I send your fire. I send your fire to consume everything that is not like you. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Victoria, I hope that you so guys much. haven't heard my dog scratching on I, my I did. I was, I was chuckling. It was funny. I was like, oh, that poor dog's blowing a fuse. It wants a... Uh... It wants in or out. I don't know where it is. What's going on in there? Yeah. Um, so, okay, Tori, how can people follow you on the socials? Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Victoria Ray Rich. That's R-A-E, Victoria Ray Rich. Um, I have a TikTok. I actually forgot the name of it because I barely started it. We'll find, um, it. Oh, we'll find it. I, I think it's, I sent you guys all the details. I think it's yeah. like Good Girl Victoria um yeah she has it but yeah follow me on instagram dm me if you want to talk about some of these issues that you're having with premarital sex or addiction pornography addiction i've walked people through deliverance in the dms with Come pornography on. so Sweet. we can talk i'm here yeah. for you she's there for you yeah yeah and then there's also the good girl book instagram as well mm -hmm. which will be in the description everybody because uh, I can't remember myself either. So awesome. Instagram is at good girl, the book. Okay, great. And then of course, everybody, if, uh, if we piqued your interest, go pick this book up, everybody. It's great. Whether you're a dude, whether you're, uh, whether you're a dudette, uh, go, young, old, doesn't matter. Um, I think a lot of people can get a lot out of it. 
um, and I think you'll really be really blessed. So, uh, Victoria Rich, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. This, this was is, awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. All right, everybody, that is our show. Be blessed. Do something you love. God bless. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.